Well, good morning, everybody. Hey, glad you guys are here today. I especially want to give a warm welcome to everybody who's new to our church. If you're a guest from out of town and, and, uh, or just here locally and this is your first time here, actually, uh, we have some people here from Alabama. Where are you guys at? Over here? All the way from Alabama. <laughs> well, I grew up in, uh, I was born in Tennessee, raised in North Carolina, so if an occasional y'all slips out of my mouth, you'll know what's up with that, too. Normally, uh, my voice is not this deep and exotic, um, but uh, today I've been dealing with some things. But hey, luckily I'm on antibiotics, so no worries. I'll just give you guys a fist bump, uh, from imaginary fist bump from a long distance, all right? So nobody gets, nobody gets sick from me today. Hey, uh, I love to fish. Uh, for a long time, we lived on a, a property that had a lake, and we would go out there and we would throw out the bait. And uh, how many of you are, is there anybody in here who's like a real fisherman or fisherwoman? I mean, I'm talking pig and jig, spinnerbait, bass pro, right here, a couple of them. Anybody else in here? And uh, now that's not the way we fished growing up, right? The way we fished growing up was you would take the rod, you take the reel, you take a bobber, you take a worm, throw it out there. Anybody else like that? That's fishing for you, right? Everybody else. And uh and so that's what we would do. And, and my dad would go out with us as kids. I remember growing up in North Carolina. We'd go down to the pond. We'd find a nice spot. Uh, we'd bait the hook, and uh, we'd throw it out there, and we'd just watch, right? Just watch and wait for something to hit. And more often than not, something would hit, but the bait would be gone. We'd have to rebait it, and, uh, and then we'd, we'd throw it back out. Uh, when I was a kid, I was not that great at baiting the hook, and I was also not that great at taking the fish off of the of the line, right? Because that's I was a, I was a kid, and uh, and so one of the things I learned about fishing was one of the principles of fishing. I learned it pretty well. I mean, listen, I was a good I was a good caster. All right, I mean, maybe I wasn't always a good fisherman, but I was a good caster. And I was known all over Deep River Creek as one of the best casters ever. And uh, man, I could cast it and reel it in like nobody's business. I was an expert caster, and I realized I understood the principles of fishing. Bait the hook, cast the line, reel it in. Bait the hook, ca- cast the line, reel it in. Now, I have a feeling that a lot of you, you fish that same way, that you understand what it means to cast and reel. In fact, my guess is most of you are just as good at casting and reeling as I am. You just love to cast it out there. That's so exciting, such a relief. And then all of a sudden, you get a good cast, then you get to reel it back in. And you know what? The Bible talks about casting. In fact, it says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, and I'd like to read this if it's on the screen. There it is. Let's read it together. You ready? Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Peter talks about casting. But you've probably already realized that I've moved from a fishing analogy to something else. You've probably guessed by now that we're not really talking about fishing. We're talking about casting because, you know, there are two types of casting. One is the casting where you throw it out with the rod and reel, and you cast it, but you're reeling it back in. The other type of casting is where you have something heavy, a heavy burden, maybe a, maybe a pack or something, and you take it off and you throw it down and you leave it there. Does that make sense to everybody? You understand the difference? There's one cast that you're going to cast and you're going to bring it back. There's another cast that you're going to put on your back and yet you're going to drop it down. It's when you're carrying a heavy load, you've discarded it. Now the Greek word for cast in this text, cast all your anxiety on him, implies you're casting it 
and you're leaving it there. It's a single act. You're not casting it and bringing it back, okay? Peter says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I am pretty sure that many of you in this room, you know what it means to take it off. But I have a feeling that we are a lot better at casting, like casting it in the water and bringing it back. And that's especially true when it comes to worries, isn't it? And anxiety. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. My guess is that most of us are pretty good at casting our worries. Oh, we'll cast it to you, Lord. But we're reeling it back in. We're reeling it back in. You ever been in a good worship experience? And maybe this song comes in and you're singing this. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. And you're just casting it out there. Or you're singing, I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And you're casting it. And you throw those worries out and you feel so good. You've, you've cast that burden off. But as soon as you get outside and now the worries start to come the rest of the week, you're reeling those worries back in. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And suddenly now you've casted them on the Lord and you're reeling them back in. By the way, my singing voice is normally a little better than that. Just, I'm just letting you know, all right? It's normally a little better than that. But anyway, so you cast it out. Now you're bringing it back in. Friends, this is what I want you to know today. Today we're not talking about fishing. Today, we're not talking about casting your burdens and bringing it back. We're going to talk about casting your burdens on the Lord and leaving them there. And in order to do that, we're going to talk about our text from Philippians chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, turn there, Philippians chapter 4. And I'm just going to give you these three big concepts, okay? And here it is. The first one is, if you deal with worry today, if you deal with anxiety today, if you carry burdens today, listen, you have to... Cast your anxiety, and if you're going to do that, it's going to take perspective. Listen to verse 6, Philippians 4, 6. The Lord is near, so do not be anxious about anything. The Apostle Paul here has given us some perspective, isn't he? He says, hey, listen, the Lord is near, so don't be anxious. The Lord is near, so don't worry. Regardless what you're facing in life, regardless how overwhelming the circumstances, the Lord is big enough to help you carry those burdens. He will take it from you if you cast it on him. He's big enough, strong enough to take that pack and put it on himself. And Paul says, don't worry, because the Lord is near. In his book, uh, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat, John Ortberg from uh, Chicago tells about breaking up a fight one night. And he, it reads like this. He says, several years ago when I lived in California, I was walking with a friend on the beach one day. We went past a bar, <coughs> and there was a fight that had been going on inside the bar, and it spilled out on into the street. It was like something out of an old western. Several guys were beating up one guy who was bleeding. And we felt like we had to do something, so we went over to break it up. He said, now, I, had, I don't have a lot of experience in doing that kind of thing. I missed that class in seminary. Uh, they were covering how do you break up fights. He said, I didn't know if it was going to be how I was going to do it. And I'm not a very intimidating guy in that kind of setting. But somebody had to do something. So we did. And we told those guys to break it up. And he said, I didn't know what to expect. But all of a sudden, those guys were looking at us. And we were standing right in front of the bar. And this look of fear came into their eyes. And they just turned and slinked away. And he was like, I was feeling pretty good about that right in that moment until I turned and looked behind me and he said I saw there walking out of the bar had come the biggest guy I've ever seen in my life about six seven 250 pounds looked like he had about two percent body fat 
And, and he looked like Hercules married Xenia, the warrior princess, and they had a child. This guy, uh, man, he was, he was intimidating. And he writes, we called him Mongo, not to his face, but that's what we called him. And he just stood there and kind of flexed his muscles, and he said, I found my attitude toward those other guys transformed. I found myself saying, you guys better not come back here again, yeah, because deep inside I had this confidence because Mongo was there, and Mongo and I could handle anything. He said, I was filled with a sense of boldness and a sense of daring, and my worry and anxiety went way down. My willingness to help out went way up because I was convinced that Mongo and I could handle anything. Now, it doesn't take us very long, friends, to realize that John Ortberg and the Apostle Paul realized something that all of us would do well to realize. We don't need a Mongo in our lives. We have Jesus Christ. We have the King of Kings. We have the leader of leaders on our side. And the Bible says we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He's not only willing to carry your anxieties, he is able. And so when you have all these worries and anxieties in your life, realize you have something that you can turn to. You have someone who cares for you. And the important thing to realize is that when you are carrying a load like this, when you're carrying a pack and it's heavy, What's in this pack is important to me. What's in this pack matters to me. What's in this pack might be my health. It might be my kids. It might be my family. It might be my finances. And I'm willing to give anything I can for everything that's in this pack. But the Lord says, look, you cannot carry those burdens alone. You can give it to someone who can actually help you carry that burden. And by the way, this verse commands us to not be anxious about anything. Not to be anxious about anything. And, and, and not only does he say don't worry about the small things like gaining five pounds or, uh, or finding another gray hair or something like that. Paul says don't worry about anything. When you get fired, when you go bankrupt, when you've had bad news about a pregnancy, when you've been betrayed by a friend, when you face a divorce, when you lose your health, Paul says don't worry about anything. Don't worry about the, about the problem or the outcome. Now listen, friends, the Bible says, and a lot of people pray, they pray, God, just let my problems go away. They say, I would stop worrying if you quit giving me problems. But friends, the one thing about this life is you're always going to have problems. He's not talking about problems. He's talking about worrying about the problems. He's talking about being fearful about the outcome. Montaigne, the philosopher, said, my life has been filled with terrible misfortune, most of which never happened. And that's worries for you. The statistics bear that out. 40% of our worries never even happen. 30% are concerns of the past that we can't do anything about anyway. 12% are needless health worries. 10% are petty concerns. And only 8% of the things we worry about are really legitimate concerns anyway. So why do you spend 100% of your time worried about 92% of the things that you can do nothing about anyway? We need some perspective today, friends. We need to realize that while this life has its problems, that we have someone who will help us carry the load. So much so that you don't have to worry. Remember the old prayer? Lord, help me remember that there is nothing that will happen to me today that you and I can't handle together. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Friends, you are not alone today. You are not alone. 
The second thing I would say is casting your anxieties requires prayer. You want an antidote to worry? Pray. Paul gives us that instruction, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, listen to it. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul's anecdote to worry is prayer. He says, don't worry about anything, pray about everything. Tell God about it. Don't try to control it on your own. Give your troubles to the only one who can actually do anything about them. Learn to trust in the Lord. Now, praying doesn't mean that immediately you're going to suddenly feel better, necessarily. Uh, Sometimes you may still feel that anxiety, that twinge of worry. But that's a reminder every time you feel that twinge to pray. Every time you feel that twinge of worry, pray. And by the way, when you are praying, you also have a job to do. And, uh, and that is, I think that when you're praying, you should be not only, prayer is a two-way conversation. You should not only be saying, God, I want to give this to you, but you should also be asking, God, what next step do you want me to take? How would you prompt me to do something in my life about this thing? Paul says, pray about everything. Pray about everything. Listen, friends, God is interested in you. God cares about you. The God of the universe knows you personally and intimately more than you would ever imagine. The God who created every snowflake to be unique, every thumbprint to be different, created and cares for you so intimately, so personally. Don't you know that if he cared that much to make you that distinct, that he actually would care enough to help you carry those burdens? He does. There's no problem too big for God's power or too small for God's concern. Some of you would say, but Stephen, I don't know how to pray. And uh, you want to be all formal. You don't have to say thee or thou. Just talk to God in a normal conversation. He wants that relationship with you. Just say, God, I'm concerned about this. God, I'm worried about this. I don't know what to do about it. God, I want to give you this burden. And, And by the way, when you're praying, you need to be listening. Here's a key question I want to give you to ask. The question is this, God As I lay this request before you, and I lay this worry before you, is there any action that you want me to take about this concern? Because sometimes a concern is just a prompt for action. And I think sometimes when I'm praying, I'm asking God, what do you want me to do about this too? Because there may be a step that you want me to take. There may be something you want me to do, a positive action that you want me to take. So God, I want to listen to what you're telling me. I want to hear what you have to say to me. So what happens in prayer is God will prompt you a lot of times and you'll understand here's the next step you need to take with that. For example, some of you are worried about your finances today. I don't know how we're going to pay this bill. I don't know what we're going to do and I'm just going to pray about that. And as you pray, maybe you would hear God and you would listen and you would say, God, what do you want me to do about this? Maybe there's an action step you need to take. One of my favorite uh, people on the radio is Dave Ramsey. Anybody like Dave Ramsey? And uh, so, I mean, I listen to Dave Ramsey a lot and, and uh, enjoy him a lot. But, man, I, I mean, his principles in Financial Peace University are all bib- biblically based. And it helps you take that action step. So maybe as you're praying, God, what do you want me to do about my finances? You could sit in your room and pray about that all day. And you should. But you should also be prompted to say, God, what step do you want me to take? Maybe there's a budget you need to create. Maybe there's a class you need to take. Maybe if you're real concerned about your marriage and you pray about it, God will prompt you 
and uh, to do something positive. Maybe it's, I want you to find the name of a really good Christian counselor that you and the two of you can go to together and find the solution to your problem. Very often, when you pray about concerns, what will happen is God will prompt you to take an action step that's a positive action step to solution. How do you pray? He says, pray with thanksgiving. And if you're willing to do that, friends, pray with thanksgiving, with that right attitude. How many of you ever pray with negativity? God, I can't believe this has happened to me. God, I can't believe you would ever do this to me. That's not praying with thanksgiving. Praying with thanksgiving is, God, thank you so much for loving me and caring for me and blessing me. And God, I know I'm in a tough time right now, but God, I'm so grateful for how you care for me and your blessings. That's praying with thanksgiving. And friends, if you're willing to do that, do what Paul says. Don't worry. Pray. Pray about everything. Whatever you're concerned, big, small, wise, foolish, selfish, altruistic, just place it before God and then listen to God to whatever he has to prompt you with and then respond. And here's the result of that. Look at number three. Casting your anxiety offers peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God. Man, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It's deeper than any human can understand. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul uses that military word, guard. I mean, how many of you, when it comes to worries and anxieties, you want God standing guard when it comes to your issues and problems? You want God on your side saying, I'll take that burden from you, right? And I think about that sometimes. Paul here writing this is chained to a Roman guard. And it may be that he's looking over at that guard and he's thinking, man, I've got a lot better guard than this guy. I have the king of kings who's on my side. I've got, I've got the... I may be in a prison of anxiety or worry, but I've got, a, I've got a guard who sticks closer than a brother. God is not a God of worry. God's never worried about himself. You'll never find it in the Bible. The, the, the word worry and, and God never go together in the scripture. God is not a God of worry. God is a God of peace, a peace that transcends all understanding. That's the kind of peace that characterizes our God. So you've got to pray. Pray. And listen, place your burden before God. We are so foolish when it comes to worries. We like to just pick up the worry and like to just carry it around. Some of us, our worries like our pet. I mean, we even talk to people about it. We're like, do you know I got all these issues? I got all these burdens. I got all these challenges. I got all these struggles. You ever been around a group of older people? And, uh, and I've found myself kind of being an older person. You know what you talk about? You talk about your concerns. You know, have you ever been to a senior center? center? Yeah, you know what everybody talks about? A sciatic nerve, right? They're like, you got the sh- every old person disease starts with the. You got the shingles? Oh, I've had the shingles. It's bad, you know? And uh, everybody's carrying these burdens. And that's all they talk about is their burdens. Friends, we need to lay our burdens down. And talk about our blessings. Talk about our blessings. God says, don't you know, if you live day after day, week after week, with a constant burden of anxious worry over what's going to happen tomorrow, man, do you not think that God cares for you? Do you not think that he loves you? Do you not know that you were not made to carry that burden? You cannot carry it. It would crush you if you did. Why don't you lay down that burden? 
cast all those cares on him. One of my favorite verses in all the scripture really refers to this, where Jesus just says very simply, come to me, all you who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me, upon you, and, and, and learn from me, for my, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Sometimes the most wonderful words that Jesus ever said was when he said that. God, you mean all my burdens, all my cares I can cast on you? Yeah, that's right. The Bible says cast all your cares upon him because he what? He cares for you. So you need to do that right now. Don't let that anxiety come back. It is a decision that you can make. And today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that, okay? I want to take some time today to have you pray. And in fact, as an action step, I'm going to have two or three people back here um, in this area, in the back corner, that are ready to pray with you guys. You don't have to come forward today. You don't have to be on the spot. During this song here in a minute, you can just simply slip back there, and somebody will be grabbing you and praying with you. If there's something that you're carrying as a burden, you could do it privately in your own seat as well. Just have that moment of saying, God, I am carrying burdens. I'm a worrier. I I carry burdens I shouldn't carry. And so maybe today you could use this as a visual to say, God, I don't want to cast it and reel it back in. God, I want to cast all my cares upon you because you care for me. And I'd like you to ask you to identify right now between you and God, what is the burden that you're carrying today? Maybe it's anxiety over your family or children or marriage or relationship. Maybe it's your finances or your health. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's what's going to happen with your children, whatever it is. And you can decide right now, all right, God, I don't want to carry that burden anymore. I have a new strategy now. I'm going to pray. I'm going to sit at your feet. I'm going to rest in your presence. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard my heart and my life. In Christ Jesus, my Lord, do that right now, okay? And when we sing, I'm going to invite you to pray in your seat or go back and pray with these individuals, okay? And, uh, and just be willing to say, this has been a burden, and I want to leave it today, and I don't want to reel it back in. Now, as I close, would you just close your eyes, actually, and I want you to listen to the words of, of the Father, as if God was speaking to your heart today. It's found in the book of Romans. Listen to these words. I am your God, and since I am for you, who can be against you? Who will separate you from my love? Will trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things, you are more than conquerors through me who loves you. For I know that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love that I have for you in my heart. So cast all your anxieties on me because I care for you. God, thank you for your love and thank you for being one that is so worthy of our trust. 
someone who's so faithful to us, someone who's so willing to take our burdens. And today, God, I pray we have some moments of just real closeness and honesty that people would take advantage of the opportunity to cast those cares on you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.